0: building, manufacturing, investing, and how industrial hemp can benefit people's lives, heal the planet, and how it can be used to make thousands of products and boost the economy and business. So, are you ready to join the IHAMP revolution?
1: Hey, this is Coach Freddie with the IHEMP Revolution Roadshow. I'm in Vermont right now, and I'm talking with the Lieutenant Governor, David Zuckerman, in Vermont. How you doing, David? I'm doing well. Thank you. I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, how you you started off as a senator, but you also own uh, the the Full Moon Farm. That's I think it's 155 acres. About that. And uh, then we'll talk a little bit about some hemp. So tell us a little sure. bit about how you got involved in in, in politics. Yeah, politics.
2: Well, it actually started. I. I grew up in a household where my mom was on the school board and some politics was always being talked about, but I got pretty disenfranchised with it in a number of levels. One is I didn't see my mom a lot because she was off at meetings. And secondly, um, as I went through high school and into college, I just sort of saw the corporate takeover of both major parties and was pretty cynical about the whole thing. So I was much more involved with uh, activism when I was in college. I came up to Vermont to go to UVM and got involved with environmental and social justice issues. And it turns out that at that time, uh, Bernie Sanders, back in 1992, was running for his re-election to Congress, and that's when I uh, met and heard about his efforts on issues as an independent congressman around social and economic justice, and uh, I became re-acquainted um, in- and ultimately inspired that the political system wasn't entirely hopeless. And so I volunteered for him. And through that, I met a lot of local folks who were involved in local politics here in Vermont and with a group called the Progressive Coalition. And uh, a couple years later, after volunteering for some other campaigns, they asked me to run in 1994. I was finishing college and I ran for the House in Vermont and I lost by 59 votes. Okay. And then two years later in 96, I won. And I served for 14 years in the Vermont House, including four years as the chair of agriculture. And we did some work on hemp, actually, at that time. And then I, uh, my spouse and I, were able to finally find this land to buy. We had been renting land to farm, and we bought this land in Heinsberg, which is outside of the district I represented. I left the pol- political arena for two years, and a state senate seat opened up, and I campaigned for and won that. I served in the senate for four years, and then last fall got elected lieutenant governor.
1: Outstanding. Yeah. All right. So, awesome. so tell us about the, your uh, full moon farm here well i started the farm with just a couple acres rented
2: land in burlington in a place called the intervale where they allowed you to rent land and rent equipment and see if you could produce food see if you could sell food and see if you decide at the end of the year if it was worth it and uh grew it to about 10 acres of production while i was there over about uh let's see five, ten years five eight years and um then we bought this land here in Heinsberg, and it is about 150 acres it's got about 60 acres of reasonably good soils for growing vegetables we grow 25 to 30 in vegetables every year we raise about a thousand chickens and 20 to 40 hogs for slaughter and 75 piglets that we sell in the spring everything we raise is certified organic uh, including the animals Uh, and then um, we sell About 75% of our product direct-to-consumer through a CSA. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of your listeners may be familiar with community-supported agriculture, where people Uh subscribe to the farm or prepay for the season. and They get produce and or meat straight from the farm. Uh, We also do the Burlington Farmer's Market, where we sell about a quarter of our produce. Okay. And then we wholesale about a quarter of our produce. And uh, we're year-round. We have a summer-fall share and then a winter-early spring share. We do 40 Saturdays a year of farmer's markets,
1: Uh, so it's pretty much a year-round farm and now year-round public service. Outstanding. So, you got involved with the hemp and you had, uh, you actually had a hand in writing some of the... uh,
2: I did. Uh, I was, um, as a representative, originally there were some other folks, this uh, guy Fred Maslak and some others who had been introducing hemp legislation for a number of years that hadn't really moved. Um, I was fortunate to sort of pick up the ball and maybe give it a little more momentum in its role towards victory. And uh, other people got more involved on the state level, a lot of grassroots efforts. And we passed a law saying, regardless of federal law, um, we'll pass a hemp law and allow people to grow hemp. They had to register it, I believe, with the Agency of Agriculture, so that if the um, state law enforcement somehow couldn't tell the difference, which I think at this point um, most people are realizing there's quite a difference between hemp. And cannabis for recreational purposes, right. but uh, but if they were wondering about a field, they could call the agency of ag and see if it was a registered field that um, was hemp, and uh, and we wouldn't, as a state, prosecute people for growing hemp under the federal laws
1: around cannabis okay so you need a permit though right yeah it's
2: not really a permit it's more like uh, a registration you know permit is something you almost sort of have to apply for right i believe it's more of a registration where you just say by the way i'm doing this
1: okay so as many people can
2: it's true there are some i believe there's one or two in vermont that have also gotten permission from the federal government and are doing it legitimately through the federal government registration or licensure process as well, but most just register with the state and figure the federal government is busy enough
1: doing all the things that it's busy enough doing. Okay, so there's no actual permits needed and no background checks or anything like that.
2: I don't believe so. One would certainly be advised to double-check the law and make sure that I don't have a memory lapse on that exact uh, fact.
1: And uh, there's a fee? Is there a fee on that?
2: There may be like a $50. I don't think it's a very expensive fee to register. I think it's just the
1: cost of registering. And so they can grow as many acres as they want?
2: They can, and there's some effort um, happening to try to get some processing facilities in Vermont. Um, There's a couple of growers right now who have their own oil presses, um, but they're pretty small scale, and I think there's an interest in having a larger press uh, instilled in Vermont. or or nearby and and where are they getting the seeds from do you know the original seeds i don't know i've I've sort of not asked that on purpose um because ultimately that's not something i need to know uh now i think they buy and sell seeds between each other because now there's enough seed stock Uh because we now had many acres grown in vermont so the seed supply has grown you know it sort of only takes a couple years at first a few seeds the next year a few more so i know one grower grew you know a small plot, then was able to grow an acre, and then was able to grow, you know, tens and tens of acres, and now
1: probably sell seeds to others. Okay, and so is it tested for THC, do you know?
2: Uh, I certainly believe that in the law, they are required to allow their product to be tested, uh, so that, you know, that can be verified that it isn't being used for something else, Uh, but I don't believe um, it is required to be tested. I do know that in order to qualify for being hemp, it has to be I believe it's 0.3% THC
1: or lower. Right. Right. Now, uh, so naturally they can sell their crop commercially. They
2: do. I believe they mostly sell the seeds or the oil or the pressed meal Mm -hmm. that's left over from the oil. I'm not an expert in what they really do with it because I don't happen to produce it or buy it or sell it.
1: Okay. Uh, I know that's like a 90 day window for the crop minimum. Yeah. Uh, to 120 probably. Can they you, can they grow two seasons here, do you think, up here?
2: Probably not. Um, we okay. tend to have, I'm in the Champlain Valley, which is one of the longer growing seasons. Okay. Um, there's also the southeast valleys of the Connecticut River that are a little bit longer, closer to Massachusetts. But I basically, when I started farming, I figured May 15th was sort of a safe date to be past the frost. Okay. Um Now, most years it's actually earlier than that as things seem to be getting a little warmer. Okay. Uh, and in the fall, the, the frost date is anywhere from September 20th to early October. Again, that's been moving more towards early October, but okay. mid-May, mid-June, July, August, and September, you've only got four and a half months right there, so I don't think you'd yep. be growing two rounds. Right.
1: So, uh, how many? do you know how many acres of hemp is being grown?
2: I don't know. I mean, if I was to take a complete shot in the dark, um, I'd say probably getting up towards between 50 and 100 acres, because I think there's a few 20 okay. or 30 acre growers now, okay. and then a few smaller ones. Um, but it, it could be... Significantly more or less than that, I honestly don't
1: know. Yeah, so they're growing it mainly for the seeds and oil?
2: Seeds and oil, no one's really doing it for fiber yet that I know of. Okay. Um, we don't have the quantity of acreage, and we don't have the processing facilities for right. it. Uh,
1: okay. I think it's decortication and okay. And since you're an organic farmer, uh, do you know if any of those are uh, using pesticides on it? I know most people don't want to use pesticides or right. anything.
2: I don't know if they're using some of those chemicals or not. Um, ultimately, you'd probably have to talk to some of them, and I don't know if you've found some,
1: and I'm certainly happy to share some names okay. with you when we're done. So what's your plans? Are, are, do you plan in the future to plant plant some hemp? Um, it's certainly
2: as much of a possibility as many other things right now i'm just trying to keep all the balls juggling in the air as it is (laughs) uh growing 50 varieties of vegetables raising and slaughtering a thousand chickens raising and shipping off for slaughter you know 30 40 pigs Uh, my spouse has really severe lyme disease and she juggles and carries a lot of water for us around here given how busy i am with uh, being lieutenant governor as well as running the farm and so she does a lot of the running of the farm and we have an 11 year old daughter so adding a new crop and figuring out how to get it used and figure out how to ship it off or harvest it right now is not in the cards. Who knows what's in the future? Okay. All right. I'm not averse to it. I certainly could be just as interested in doing it. I just have um, just got too many irons in the fire.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, what's your what's your plans in the future, in a year, two years for your farm? Where do you see it going? I mean, you have a successful farm here. Yeah,
2: farm. I, I I don't really know. In some ways, um, I'd really like to have it mature a little bit more to where we have a couple of employees who really stick around year round and have more managerial roles okay. to really free up a little bit more of um, the opportunity for my spouse to get some rest, first okay. and foremost, and uh, and maybe opportunities for me to do more as lieutenant governor or whatever office I'm in at the time. So right now it's. Um, really trying to stabilize what we have. We've grown a lot over the years, yeah. both politically in my role as lieutenant governor now and the farm. And so just really honing what we have
1: and making sure it's running well is, is the top priority. Awesome. So as far as being an organic farmer, what, can you, what message would you like to give people that are actually getting into the hemp industry since we... Well, I certainly hope
2: folks will be... Um, not just out to capitalize on any financial opportunity, but they'll also take in the environmental opportunities, whether it's growing hemp to try to um, take up phosphorus in some of the areas where soils have too much phosphorus. I know we have a lot of that here in Vermont from the um, high chemical fertilizer applications from the 50s and 60s pushed by the federal government, but also um, what chemicals they are gonna use and whether or not they can find a way to rotate crops to try to reduce pesticide use by moving crops to avoid pests and diseases rather than um, just a- growing the same crop over and over and over again. Right. Let's, let's learn from the past that growing monocrops is not the best way to treat our soil and our earth uh, in the long run in terms of water quality as well. So I would say if, if you're going to get into hemp, there's probably great opportunity, but, but try to be thinking of all the levels of importance.
1: Fantastic. Alrighty. Well, I'm to thank you very much for being a guest on the I Hemp Revolution. Well, absolutely.
2: David. It's my pleasure. And yep. if anybody wants to reach me, uh, ltgov at vermont.gov, I believe is the website. If not, Google it. I'm a little tired at the moment. It's the end of the day. <laughs> um, and my farm is Full Moon Farm in Vermont. So if people want to reach me, they can find me through either of those two contacts and, um, you know, ask further questions and we can have further discussions. All right.
0: Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it.